You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to my first show. Today's guest is the beautiful, the fantastic, the multi-hyphenate, the multi-talented, the beautiful Tyler Peck. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Eva. That was such a nice introduction. <laughs> well, it's true, my friend, because as, as I think about you and I think about all the things you have done. Yes, you are you are largely known for your work as a principal dancer of the New York City Ballet and for over 11 years, I believe, has been your your length of time with them, which is incredible. Um you're also a star of Broadway shows and you're a star of a Hulu documentary and you're a children's book author. And now you're an Instagram star, which is something I want to absolutely talk about today. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, you are all those things and I am proud to say them. Um, First and foremost, I just need to ask how you are and how you're getting through this unprecedented time right now. Yeah, I think it's, especially for the arts, I know we're all feeling it, you know, we can't perform and we can't be out there and be creative like we normally are. So we're all trying to find and use our creativity in a different direction. And that's, I think, what keeps us as artists going forward. And, you know, at first I was really just enjoying being at home with my family in California because I moved away at such a young age that I feel like I didn't get a lot of time with them growing up. So I really feel like I'm getting back those years that I didn't have with them. And I'm with my mom, my dad, my sister, and my grandmother. And I'm really cherishing those moments. But, you know, it's it's hard. And I miss dancing and performing on stage. So, yeah, I'm just trying to find things that keep me motivated and positive because, it's a trying time, I think, for everyone. It's pretty remarkable as you think about this time. And I love that we are constantly talking about our experience as this time. I'm finding that that's the phrase that constantly comes up when people are talking about the present. They, they call it this time. And frankly, I don't, I don't have another period in my life that I reflect on with, a, with phraseology such as this time, but there's really no 
better way to clarify that that's what you're talking about because this is unprecedented and hopefully will never be repeated. But the 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 home life that has that has been inflicted on everybody the 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 180 degree shift of our home lives people either doing exactly what you're doing you know you now have roommates i i'm pretty sure you used to live alone and your roommates yes. are related to you <laughs> it's true and we're a very close family but i mean you know i don't think anybody was meant to be with somebody 24 hours of the day you know and so as much as we are close and we get along, like it is hard living um, every single day with somebody if you're not used to that and not having that outlet to go to work or go dance or, you know, that's something I really, really miss. Yeah. 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 The dynamics of, of regular life have been upended and we've had to recreate regular life in, in sort of the strangest of of lenses, you know, I, I, I think that's kind of remarkable actually that you, you, your siblings, your parents and your grandmother are, are cohabitating <laughs> at this juncture of all your lives. I'm sure if someone said that to you one year ago, you would have like told them to stop sniffing the glue. <laughs> no, it's, it's, and I just came back from a major injury where I was already out. So this has been a really hard time for me because I had just gotten back to dancing on stage and, you know, I feel like I had just finally felt, oh my gosh, I'm dancing again. This is what I love to do. And then now the pandemic and once again, like I'm not able to dance, but the one thing I can do is move before when I was injured, I really couldn't do anything. So I'm just grateful that I can dance even in my living room. Honestly, I'm just really happy to be able to move and be physical. What what have you learned or what's been the biggest surprise of your daily Instagram classes that you've been teaching? Oh my gosh, they have they have become crazy. Like I I, I never ever thought that they would become this big and I really just did it the first day because my sister was a principal at a high school and she had to turn her entire school over to Zoom. And my mom teaches dance there because she was my first teacher as well. And so my mom said, why don't you just teach my students today? And I'm sure they would love that. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to teach the Garces students, I might as well just press Instagram Live, which I had never even done one. And I thought, oh, maybe like, you know, 20 people or something that are home will take And I didn't even understand what the numbers really meant because I had never done one. (laughs) And so then when I finally realized that there were like thousands of people taking these classes every day, I was like, oh, okay, I guess people are, this is something that people really need right now. And that's what I'm doing it for. I, if I can offer some sort of way for people to have an hour of normalcy in a, in a, time where I feel like their days are kind of open-ended. It's like something to look forward to that is scheduled. They know that for that hour, they can be physically fit, you know, and it also helps like with the mental sanity to just be moving and to help keep people up. And so it's, it's what motivates me honestly to wake up every day. Cause I know people are counting on me because sometimes I wake up and I'm like, you know, this really sucks. Like, yeah. And I get really down. But then I think, you know, pick yourself up. You have a bunch of people that are counting on you. Like, and dance, as soon as you start that class, you're going to feel better. And it's true. I always end 
And I'm always like so grateful that I had that hour to dance. Yeah. Yeah. That is a gift. That is a gift that you're giving the world, frankly, and that the world's giving back to you. It, it is it is remarkable how these little things that seem like an idea, maybe, maybe even a crazy idea can turn into a, a tradition, a ritual that gets people through the day. So I'm, exactly. I've tuned in. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I know I do Broadway days, you know, and I have Broadway guests come on and yeah. sing while we dance. And some days we, we dance to show tunes. Other days it's pop music. I try to I try to make it fun for everybody, you know, because I want a lot of people to take, not just ballet people. I want, and some people have started taking it up as a hobby, like in their forties. It's amazing. I I love the messages and the range of people and from around the world that are taking these classes. It's incredible. I love it. I love it. Well, that's, that's a good segue into, into why we're here. And we, as you know, we, our, the theme of my first show is about the humble beginnings and how we became the artists and entertainers that we are today. And thinking about the line between where we began and how that connects directly to how how we live our life today. I, and it's remarkable to discover the the thread of of our early beginnings in our early shows. So we asked four questions each episode of my first show. And the first one is, what was the first show you ever saw? Yeah, this is one I love like answering because it's what made me want to be a ballerina. I grew up doing jazz, lyrical, hip hop, literally every style. And if you would have asked any of my teachers, they would have never thought I would become a ballerina, (laughs) including myself. I wouldn't have said that either. Like I still pinch myself. I don't really know how it happened. But I will say that the first show I ever saw that I really felt like, oh my God, was the Nutcracker. And it is at the New York City Ballet and it is what made me want to be in the in the New York City Ballet and be a ballerina. My dad always says that I turned to him and I said, "Daddy, I'm going to dance on that stage someday." Wow. And it's it's just something that now that I get to be the Sugar Plum Fairy when that's what made me want to be a ballerina, it, it's incredible and I enjoy it every year getting to dance it. Well, let's get into that day then. So do you remember what brought you guys to that particular show on that particular day and what else surrounded that experience? Because that's unbelievable that you saw a show, said you wanted to do that, and actually pressed the fast forward button. You made that dream come true. There's there's very few people who get to claim that. (laughs) Yes. And I think that that this kind of goes with your other question of like, what was the first show I was ever in? Yeah. Yeah. And that was the music man on Broadway. So what happened was I was in the music man on Broadway and my dad got tickets to the New York city Ballet nutcracker and took my mom and me. And I remember I sat in between them and it was like our Christmas gift. And it was the first professional ballet show I had ever seen. And I was just literally in awe. I could, I never thought I could see something so beautiful. I had never really seen anything like it before. And yeah, I remember saying it to my dad too. Like, 
Daddy, I'm going to dance on that stage someday. And it kind of gives me chills when I talk about it because to think that I actually do get to dance on that stage is pretty remarkable. I never really thought it would be a, a dream that could come true. Did you have a sense of what the Nutcracker was actually about back then and what it meant and and its sort of underlying timeless theme and story? I honestly don't think so because I was 11 years old and I think that I was just fascinated by how the women were dancing in point shoes and (laughs) how the men were lifting them and like they looked even more beautiful. It was like they could leap higher being partnered than they could on by themselves. And I think that I just, I think it was the whole thing, you know, the, the Christmas tree that grows is so magical and our Nutcracker in particular has the SAB School of American Ballet students in it. So it's a huge cast. It's like Mm. there's little kids in it. Um, Pretty much all of the company dances in the Nutcracker. And then the leads were just something I, I couldn't take my eyes off of. Yeah. It's really, it's a New York moment, the New York City Ballet Nutcracker. It's, it's really, there's something so unique about being in that auditorium and not only watching the artistry on the stage, but the mesmerized looks of kids in the audience who are seeing something in the flesh that you know, most of them have never seen in real life before. Yeah. And now that I get to be that sugar plum fairy, every single time when I'm out there, I always think to myself, I bet you there's another little girl or little boy in the audience that is sitting there saying the exact same thing that I said to my dad. And how cool is it that I get to be the inspiration this time? Like it's, it's like a full circle moment for me. And, you know, I warm up backstage and I watch that tree grow every single night and it never gets old. Yeah. You know, it just still gives me goosebumps. Yeah. 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 No, theater magic is theater magic. No, no matter <laughs> no matter if you saw the guy <laughs> who turns the wheel to make it grow. <laughs> exactly. It's still theater magic. So first show you were in, Music Man on Broadway. Now that's, that's a little bit of a cheat because we ask two questions here. We ask what's the first show you were in and we ask what's one's first professional gig. And are you telling me that they are one in the same? That No, I have another <laughs> answer for that one. <laughs> so, so what was so the first show you were in was actually a Broadway show though. Is that is that right? That was the first show that I ever really felt like was the very first true show. You yeah. know, it was um I had done a lot of competitions and um, recitals and stuff like that and commercials but this was the an act it felt like the first show like a full production mm-hmm. that I was in and yeah it was the music man on Broadway I think it was 2000 yeah um and yeah. I did it with all three uh, so Susan Stroman musical and I did it with all three music man so it was Craig B. Erico, Eric McCormick and Robert Sean Leonard and I did it for a year Oh my God. And how on earth did you know about it? Did you get cast in it? What Did you have an agent? Like, How does an 11-year-old be in a Broadway show for a full year when they live in California? Oh, you're going to love this, Eva. Um, 
It was Victoria ah. and Victoria Morris, who is still my manager today. And she was an agent back then. And she said to me, there's this audition in New York that I think you should go to. And so I had, I had had an agent here in California because I had done, like I mentioned, like a few TV appearances, a few movie appearances, um, always with dance. But, you know, I, I had had an agent and she said, so there's this audition I think you should go to in New York for the Music Man on Broadway. And my mom looked at her like, you are crazy. We are not going to New York for her to audition for a show. And I looked at my mom and I said, but mom, what if this is the only Broadway show I ever get asked to do and I get, and you were, you didn't let me do it. Something along the lines of that she always tells me. And she was like, what was I supposed to say to you? She's like, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, if that is the case, how horrible. So she was like, okay, we'll go to New York and we'll make a trip, but this is just for fun. Don't get your expectations up. Like this is just, just for fun. And so I remember doing the audition and I actually was coming into the show um, a year into it. So mm-hmm. I was playing Gracie Shen, who was an 11 year old, but the person who had originated my role was actually 18 years old. Oh my God. So I was the only actual 11 year old in this audition. Like everybody else was much older. And Susan Stroman's assistant was the one who kind of did the beginning and kind of, you know, cut people. And then finally Stro came in and I'll never forget it. I mean, they asked me to do it the next day. They were like, we want her to do it. Will she come back? And I never really thought I was going to get it. Like I thought, okay, I'll try really hard, but we'll see where this goes. And then I got it. And um, they asked me to move to New York. And that's when my mom was like, oh my God, what did I just do? She's 11. And yeah, I pulled the whole, mom, if you don't let me do this, I might not ever get asked to be in a Broadway show again. And she let me do it. And my grandmother moved with me for a year and I did it. And my dad and my mom had to stay in California and work so that I could live there. You know, it was so expensive. Wow. 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 That's what's amazing. I had parents that kind of understood that this art form you have to do it while you're young. And my mom was a dancer, so she really understood it. And I think that that, you know, is really why I am where I am today, because she allowed me, you know, that had to be so hard to let her daughter go for a year when she was 11. But I think she knew that that was going to be a serious growing experience for me. Yeah. And it's as though, it's as though you also knew the things you wanted and you went for them, which is, not very often the case with child actors. So often it's the parent. You were the stage mom. Exactly. I was, I was really grateful to have not that for a mother. You know, she, she really always, she was my first teacher. And at six years old, she said, I don't want to teach you anymore. I just want to be your mom. Mm. And so she started sending me to get lessons three hours away. It was the best studio. And actually I had my two first teachers um, on my show today on during class, they popped on and I put up videos of me dancing from when I was six years old and literally Instagram was going crazy. Oh my God, you broke the internet. <laughs> No, I did with this. I'm not even joking. It's insane. But, you know, I I really had amazing teachers and I wanted everybody to know that this is 
who taught me how to dance, you know, and I, here it is two two jazz dancers that taught me my technique that let me be a ballerina. You know, yeah. I think it's such a good thing for people to know that you don't have to have like one thing, you know, it's good to try a few different styles because I think it makes you a better and more well, well-rounded dancer. Honestly, insane. I don't think people understand it when I say I really never thought I would be a ballerina, but it's the truth. And I really feel like I was even a better jazz dancer than I am a ballerina, <laughs> which is also kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, you can go back. <laughs> Life is long. Yes. Act two yes, can be jazz. That's true. And that's what I thought. I said, you know what? Ballet was the most difficult for me. It was the one that I thought I was the worst at. So there was something in me that was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to work really hard and I am going to become a ballerina. And I thought if there's ever a time, it's when you're younger because a ballet career is so short, right? With musical theater, I can continue another kind of dance, but it can last a little longer, but a ballerina's career is very short. And so that's also what's hard right now because I feel like I'm missing a really important time in my career right now to be dancing. Yeah, no, that is really painful. I can imagine that. These are, these are all vital years for artists. I feel like the ballerina and the unicyclist, you two have the shortest careers. I like that. (laughs) And then then it's time to move on to another art form. Um, Mm -hmm. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. First professional show. So it was before The Music Man, it sounds like. It was something else. Tell me about it. Yes. My first professional show was The Goodwill Games. Um, Marguerite mm-hmm. Derricks was my teacher in California, and she got asked to choreograph for the opening and closing ceremonies of The Goodwill Games. And she brought me to New York (laughs) and I performed with a group of people. She had some dancers from LA and some from New York and we came together and we did the opening and closing ceremony. And I'll never forget it. It was something very special. We danced. I remember like right by where the world trade center was. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was, it was something I'll never forget. Now at six, we're, we're, as children, we're, we're developed enough that we're, that memory is rich. We can recognize emotions from that time frame. We can hang on to the memory more clearly. Do you have a specific memory of what it meant to be performing in front of all those people 
has something stuck in your mind as you continued your professional life from that very first time out front? Yeah, I felt like it was kind of this family coming together. So the way Marguerite choreographed it was there was rhythmic gymnasts in it. There was, you know, a few kids. There was um, jazz. Like it was a bunch of different styles. So for me, it felt like a very beautiful, like cross genre mix of, of dance. And I felt like we were all celebrating just our love for dance. And to me, when I was younger, I was the ha- and still now I'm the happiest when I'm dancing. If you put on a song and I get to dance, like that's when I feel the most fulfilled. And I remember just feeling so free. You know, when you're young, you think you can do everything and everything is so easy. And I remember just having a blast, like being in New York. Here I am from Bakersfield, California, in New York City, dancing at the opening of the Goodwill Games. Like it was beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Can someone bring back the Goodwill Games? It might be time to reinstate. I'm just saying. Okay. I'll happily dance at the opening of the new reinstated. (laughs) Please do. I'll produce the event. You dance. (laughs) And then we'll put it on Instagram Live. Yes, perfect. (laughs) Good, good. All right. Our our fourth question of our show is about dreams. And the question is: if you could be in any show at any time, anywhere, what would it be? Okay, I hope you don't laugh at this. <laughs> I might. You, you know, as a dancer, right, I grew up watching all of the dance classics. So all I have ever wanted to do and still want to do is remake Flash Dance or Dirty Dancing. Like, I want to be in that show somehow. <laughs> So I not only am I not laughing, Taylor. Not. Okay. not only am I not laughing, I my my mind just went crazy over how do I make this happen. No, literally, we just watched. It was the most fun thing. We got everybody in the room, and I was like, "What's a movie that we all would want to watch?" And like, I knew it, and we started watching it, and I was like, "God, I have wanted to do this." so bad like how can I make this happen like and I know it sounds like kind of silly but it's just something I've always dreamed of doing like I watch those movies every day growing up and now I'm like I know I could kill those numbers you know so you could could. (laughs) did you did you ever recreate the choreography from those numbers in your no but I basically know them in my head I mean I've done the Dirty dancing without Patrick Swayze so many times. You know, I know the in number. <laughs> and the flash dance one we watched, and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally remember the steps. And I was like dancing along with it. I was like, this is amazing. And then I thought, why was this never a Broadway show? But it was, right? It just didn't make it to Broadway. That's that right. How it, it toured the yes. country. It was written. Uh-huh. Um, I forget who directed. I actually, yeah, I forget who directed and wrote it, but um, mm-hmm. I think. I think if I'm not mistaken, it toured the country maybe four years ago and mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not going to come in ever, right? Yes. These things, sometimes well, it's just a circuitous the right route. people, right? Exactly. <laughs> sometimes it takes a circuitous route to get to Broadway. Um, well, I, I think the 
the creators of Flashdance the Musical are listening to this podcast, and I think they're getting some ideas. So <laughs> thank you for putting it out into the universe because I want to see that show starring Tyler Peck. <laughs> Thanks, Eva. <laughs> especially, especially the, that's the that's the movie where she dances and the water falls on her in the circle. Yes, yeah. the iconic scene. Yes, <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I thought, Grandma, this was a little inappropriate for you to be letting me watch when I was younger. She was like, you wanted to watch it all the time. Anything with dance, you wanted to watch. So I just let you. Oh it's my like, God. okay. Oh my God. Is the, And is that... I mean, your mom was a dance teacher, so I guess that's how one becomes a, a, a lover of the form. But was this, um, did this get passed down through the genes? Was your grandmother a dancer and your great grandmother a dancer? Did, have you have you actually done the ancestry dot com version of where <laughs> your skills came from? You know, my grandmother always wanted to be a dancer, but um, you know, she grew up they really didn't have much. And so it was never really um, an opportunity for her to dance. You know, it just wasn't possible. But she made sure that my mom had that opportunity. So she drove her to like San Francisco or down to LA to get really great training. And my mom was a really amazing dancer. We just watched a video last night of her from when she danced in Russia. And she was in um, Birch Mann's company and she could do it all. She was a ballerina. She could do um, like she was a gymnast. She had, was an amazing turner. So I definitely got it from her. Like my sister said, well, now you know where you got it from. And I always knew, but I had never seen my mom dance. And it was so amazing to watch. But no, my, my, my grandmother just always loved it and wanted my mom to have, you know, what she couldn't have. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. When you're dancing in a in a ballet or a, or a dance piece versus when you're in a musical, wh- what primarily, I mean, besides the obvious, one has speaking and singing, and and one you are speaking and singing through your movement, through your body. But but like as a performer, what it, what is the difference in both your emotional state of each type of performance what is the difference in how you feel um during and after the performance like how how do they actually differ for you in in sort of your intellectual and spiritual self well before a show i'm pretty i've never really gotten that nervous there's one ballet that I get really, really nervous for, and I feel like I don't sleep for like a month before Sleeping Beauty. But other than that, I'm pretty calm and cool. And when I'm out there is when I feel the best. It's because I kind of don't even remember what happens on stage because I feel like I'm so in the moment, you know, either with my with my um, partner or being lost in the music. It's The music has always been such a big part of my my dancing and I feel like once that music comes on I just kind of get swept away and so after the performance that's when I feel like I'm still on a high because it was just so amazing to be out there feeling that way and then it feels like oh there's like a release you know where it's like a relaxed kind of okay so I've been up here I've been up here at this level and it's been amazing and then now I can just kind of relax, release and enjoy and think about it. But it's, it's, it's a roller coaster, you know, it's really hard to sleep after a performance because I'm still so hyped up from it. 
So it takes me a a while to kind of wind down, I would definitely say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the difference between when you're actually singing and acting versus dancing, is there, is there a nerves heightening? Oh yes, for sure. Because, you know, I grew up using my voice a lot before I got into the New York City Ballet. And then there was a bunch of years where I didn't. And then when I went back to Broadway, it was like, okay, I've been silent for like eight years. (laughs) So let's try and use that voice again. And I'm such a perfectionist that I want everything to be as good as my dancing. And so I've always, I always kind of, um, I've kind of like ranked myself, you know, I'm like, okay, my dancing is at this level. I really do feel like I'm a strong actress. And then singing, I just am always frustrated at myself. I'm like, why isn't it as good as my dancing? So I feel like that's what I always have to work the hardest on. And that's what I get the most nervous about when I perform in a Broadway show. But that drive that I've used throughout my entire career and discipline to become a ballerina, like you can see the difference when I do a Broadway show and I do work on the songs, like the, the improvement is incredible over, over time. And so I think that that kind of carries over into every aspect of my life, the like drive discipline. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it in your dance. I can see it in your performance. That's great. So we, we have a surprise segment on the show that we don't oh. tell our guests about before. It's okay. a lightning round. Oh, I like these. <laughs> and what I do is I name a classic musical from the American Musical Theater canon, and you, in the first thing that comes to your mind, so it's sort of like a word association, of of hopefully one word, but it can be up to two or three. So if it has to be a phrase, that's fine. Of the underlying emotional theme of what that classic musical is about. Okay, we've got we've got time on the clock, and here I go. Footloose. Sneakers. <laughs> Funny girl. Never seen it. Pass. Oh, interesting. Okay, South Pacific. Kelly O'Hara. Oh. <laughs> Evita. Unification. Man of La Mancha. Pass. Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, that bottle dance. Okay. Gypsy. Stage Mom. Rent. Tearjerker. Music Man. Oh, family. Hmm. Flash Dance. The best. <laughs> Perfect. You did great. You I don't know great. how good I was. I didn't know some of them. Funny Girl, I have not seen, but that is Valentino's favorite, and he always talks about it with me. So I, I must I must figure out how I can see this. The Funny Girl movie is actually one of the best movie versions of a stage musical I have ever seen. Okay, I highly so recommend you watch it. I highly okay. recommend you watch it. Barbara Streisand. Omar Sharif, brilliant, 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 well done version. I will yes. do that. Yes. As a matter of fact, I may watch it tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking that's a great movie that everybody in this household would like to watch together. <laughs> I think they will. Um, can you, before we go, can you please tell us about Katarina Ballerina? If I'm not mistaken, it was recently released. 
and it is now out in the world. And tell us about the book and tell us where the idea came from. Yes, Katerina Ballerina is a book that I co-wrote with actually Kyle Harris, who was just in The Inheritance. And I met him doing Little Dancer in D.C. And we were so excited um, to come up with this idea of this little girl who just really isn't perfect for ballet. You know, she's a little pigeon-toed, whereas we have to be turned out as ballerinas her hair is kind of crazy and she thinks of a perfect ballerina as having that slick bun. And, you know, she has that thing though that you can't teach that like inner light that just makes people want to watch you dance. So it's really a message. And it was amazing for me to, you know, remind myself because once I got in the New York city ballet, if I compared myself to every dancer in the room, you know, anybody would probably want to quit because you go to a company where everybody's incredible. And so our goal is to send the message to people that, you know, you need to own your unique gifts because here I thought growing up doing jazz and hip hop and lyrical were going to be kind of my weakness as a ballerina, but they're actually my strength. So it's really about like owning your unique gifts that another person doesn't have but that they might have something that you don't. Tyler Peck, you are a unique gift. Thank you for continuing to inspire people on the internet <laughs> and in yes. real life. Well, thank you, Eva, for doing this. And I'm sure that this is such a great outlet for people to get to listen and be inspired and you know, be moved when they can't be at the theater. But I still feel like they'll get something to just listen and this will help them as well. Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, our first shows are not our last, and that's one of the the beautiful headlines of of this podcast. And um, and I'm just I can't wait to be back in a theater with you, watching you <laughs> at an opening night, whatever, wherever it takes us, wherever the future takes us. Everybody who hasn't taken class, please don't be afraid to please don't be afraid to come every day at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and take some ballet class on my Instagram Live. I do a beginner and an advanced combo for each exercise. So, you know, there's something for everyone. Good. And you've had some guests, my friend. Sarah Jessica ah, Parker, yes. Jennifer Garner, Kelly Ripa. My God. Do, do we get to see them dancing as well when they're, when they're guests on, on the uh, Instagram class? I guess it's whatever they want to do. And both Jen and Kelly danced with us, oh which was God. incredible. And um, yeah, it's just been amazing to see who these classes have brought together. And you really feel like artists are uniting. And that's what I love. And I'm getting to see friends and connect with people that, you know, who knew if that would happen if it wasn't for this. So I'm trying to be grateful for that. Yeah. That is definitely something to be grateful for. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> My First Show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Dory Berenstein, and Alan Seals, and is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. Special thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden-Gore at Vivacity Media Group. 
For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash myfirstshow. Follow me on Instagram at Eva R. Price. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.